I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) This has been one of the best MVP races in NBA history. The fun begins. Let's get it on today's pod. It is officially the end of the NBA regular season this weekend. So Cooper and I give you our MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. We also get into what is the most shocking thing that has happened in the NBA this season. And of course, it's not a Hampton Hoops podcast if we don't discuss our Memphis Grizzlies. We discuss all of that and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Man, it is the final week of the regular season. We're going to have playoff basketball next week, and there is so much still up in the air right now, including pretty much all of the in-season awards and seating still is real dicey, so there's a lot of things to watch out for this week, but this has been one of the best MVP races in NBA history. Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid have all been the favorite for this award at some point in the season. Nikola is averaging damn near a triple-double with 26-13-8. and Giannis is in the running for the scoring title, averaging 30 a game to go along with 11 rebounds and 6 assists. Another guy in the hunt for the scoring title is Joel Embiid. He's averaging 30 a game with 12 rebounds. With all these amazing candidates this year, Cooper, who is your MVP? I'm going to go with someone who's probably had a little bit of, I know people hate having back-to-backs and stuff like that and having the same sort of groupings like every year, but you can't deny the fact that we've had, I mean, Jokic and Giannis and Joel have been consistently in there for, I mean, probably since Russ had that triple-double year. Um, But uh, I got to go with Greek Freak. And the only reason I'm going with it, because, I mean, if you look at their stats, they're pretty similar stats. Um... He's uh, obviously Joker has uh, two rebounds and two assists on Giannis, and uh, he comes in at my number two. Um, but the reason I'm picking Giannis over the uh, the Joker is mostly because of team uh, standing. I guess would be how you could say that. The only reason I'm saying that is because like you look at these guys, um, they're all the best player on their team. They're they're, they're their team superstar. Um, give credit to Jokic for what he's done this year um, just by holding his team together when Michael Porter Jr. has been out the whole year with a back injury and uh, Jamal Murray's still recovering from the ACL. Um, also, he's a back injury and he's younger than both of us. Um, shout out to that. Um, but give him credit for even having his team. Like I think they're firmly in the playoffs. They might If they lose tonight, they might not be, but... Um, I think they're firmly in the playoffs as the five seed. But, I mean, that speaks for itself. And so that's why it's kind of a tight one for me with those two guys. Only reason I won't say Joel is because of kind of where their team's just been kind of, in my opinion, kind of in a lull. Like they win the games they're supposed to, but they, they don't really show up in the big games. Um, and I, I mean, Giannis is, I just feel like he, his team success uh, comes heavily from him. Um, and even when they lose, he still puts up dang near 35 and tw- uh, 15, it feels like, every time. And he's also a menace on the defensive side. And so that's probably why I'd go Giannis. I would 100% agree with you. And it honestly, I wouldn't have agreed with you if it was a week ago or maybe two weeks ago. 
But I mean, his this final stretch tear that Giannis has been on has been absolutely incredible. These are his last 10 games right now. 44 points, 14 rebounds, 40 points, 14 rebounds, 30, 11, 30 and 11, 25 and 17, 36 and 10, 30 and 15, 31 and 8, 43 and 12, and 39, 7 and 7. I mean, that <laughs> this final stretch Giannis has had has just cemented himself as, hey, I know people want to call Kevin Durant the best player in the world. Some people may still want to call LeBron James the best player in the world. But you know what? I've won a back-to-back -back MVP, and it's time for my third. And I think he cemented himself firmly in the top three. I don't know if he's going to win it because, I mean, Jokic and Embiid have both been amazing as well. But it's, it's hard to argue with Giannis. And on top of the individual stats, his team is in the fight for the two seed right now. So he's... I mean, it's not just him. It's not like he's getting numbers on a rat team. He's He's been amazing. And yeah. he's been everything you want in an MVP. But the kicker is Jokic and Embiid have been too. Uh, Jokic is averaging 27, 14, and 8, as I said. He's shooting it at 58% from the field. He's the first 25, 13, and 6 season ever. Nobody's averaged 13 rebounds and six assists to go along with 25 points, which is crazy. He's the only player that's in the top 10 at points per game and rebounds per game, assists per game. And he's Jokic has the lowest usage rate amongst all these MVP candidates. So uh, he has a compelling case. And you know how I feel about Joel Embiid, man. I mean, he is ridiculous. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I'm not even a guy that likes to watch big men this much, but God, he's so dominant, you know, 30, 12, and 4, career high in points per game and assists per game. And he leads the league in 30-point games, and he's second in clutch points. And, I mean, he was without a co-star for half the season. But I think James Harden's kind of knocked that a little bit because 76ers have faded as a team a little bit. Although, I'm pretty sure Embiid had like 45 and 14 or something ridiculous tonight as well. But, I mean, all these guys have been great, but... Yeah, and it, it's just hard to like nitpick any one of them, you know? Yeah, I definitely don't think this will be a unanimous one. I definitely think this will come down to like some final votes and stuff like that. And Giannis and them just beat uh, the Bulls at home or at the Bulls by 21 points. Giannis mm -hmm. had Giannis had kind of a quiet game. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, this was the Brooke Lopez show, 28 points and seven rebounds. But Giannis yeah. had uh, 18.7 assists, nine rebounds. Ooh, that's gonna hurt his score. Yeah, that's kind of that's gonna kind of hurt the scoring title. Uh, but then again, LeBron's not even playing, so um, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, and then Joel over here had yeah, like you said, forty five points and thirteen rebounds mm -hmm. tonight. So I was listening to Kevin O'Connor today, who is a, a national uh, NBA reporter that Cooper and I listen to. He has a vote in all of these awards. And MVP, I mean, a week before he has to turn in his ballot, he still has no idea who he's going to vote for. And this is a guy that does it for a living. That's how tight this is right now. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's. It, I, I definitely think it'll come down to the wire on that one. Yeah, for sure. And another end-of-season award we're going to discuss is Defensive Player of the Year. And Cooper, who do you have in this one? I honestly really want to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. Just solely on the fact that he leads the league in blocks per game. He leads the league in uh block total blocks and if anybody's watched the grizzlies over the duration of this year you notice a massive drop off when he's not in the game defensively like minus the suns game where we were playing our g league 
Um, but shout out them. Shout out Santee for the reverse dunk. But um, <laughs> uh, but Jaren's presence on our defensive uh, on our defensive end is just astronomical, and the amount of shots that he either swats or makes them turn into horrible shots. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due, and I just our team flourishes when he's on the uh, court because of his defensive presence. It, and I definitely like. That's probably a homer pick, but even if he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, I definitely think he's going to be in consideration for it. Kind of thanks to Draymond missing as much time as he did because Draymond was running away with this award when he was at the beginning of the season. Um, Giannis will probably also be up there because Giannis is always in Defensive Player of the Year. I don't, I haven't heard much about Rudy Gobert, so maybe they finally understood that he's not like the greatest defensive big man in the world. Um, but I definitely think Jaron will be up and up there in the top three vote getters, and I hope he wins it because I, I definitely think he deserves it. But he'll definitely be first team all defense this year. I think that's a I don't think that's an outrageous statement to say. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my boy Jaron, my boy Trip. You know how how much love I have for Trip, man. He leads the league in blocks and blocks per game. You know, with him, we're one of the best defenses in the league. Without him, we're one of the worst in the league. I mean, we saw how that went last year. We were barely over 500 and didn't have him for most of the season to anchor our defense. And you know me as a Memphis kid, I'm gonna I love Trip so much. But I'm gonna show love to a guard. You know, a guard has not won this award since Gary Payton won it in 1996. And it's just time. The Boston Celtics have the best defense in the league. And who's their best defender? It's Marcus Smart. He guards the best player every night. And he had a quote that really kind of sold me when I was doing my research on this today. And it was about, you know, the aforementioned Rudy Gobert, which <laughs> you so much love. Marcus oh, Smart said this. He said, let's think about it. As a guard, especially on the team that switches a lot, especially on the number one defensive team, you are worried about every single player. And here's the thing. When you see a defensive player of the year, that means he can guard all five spots. Nothing against Rudy, but Rudy can't guard all five spots. I can guard all five, and I have been doing it, and I've done it very well. End of quote. Nah, he got that dog mentality. You were not expecting that shit, were you? No, I was not. I'm not going tonight. <laughs> no, man, I don't, I don't know. This award is so wide open, too. Uh, some of the writers, I was listening to them today, they were saying, I don't even know who to vote for when it comes to this, but Giannis for sure is in there. Trips in there. I think Marcus Smart will be in there. After that, I mean, yeah, if you want to throw Gobert in there, maybe, but... Do you, can you think of anybody else that would be considered for this? I mean, the only other guy I would I would consider would be Draymond, but that's just based off his first-year stuff, or the beginning of the year stuff, yeah, not first-year yeah, stuff. But I don't know if they'd keep him in there with kind of how their season's reeled towards the end. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think, like, as big of a name as Gobert has been, I'll, I'll call him by his normal name now. But uh, as big of a name as he's been, like a prominent name in that uh, award, I just think based on the fact that the Jazz's defense has not been – the Jazz this year haven't been as good as last year, but that's also because last year they were kind of coming out of left field on everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll be interested – I'll definitely be interested to see the vote getters 
like who gets votes on this one yeah i will too and i couldn't think of any more but then i was looking at basketball reference just looking at the leaders to see if there's any trends Dejounte murray leads the league in steals and steals per game but at the same time his team's not good enough and their defense, I mean, isn't one of the best in the league by any means. So I, I couldn't really throw him in there, but I'm, I'm going to mention him just because he leads the league in that stat. Yeah, no, fair enough. But, all right, let's move to uh, the final award we're going to discuss, which is Rookie of the Year. Oh, hold up. Before we do that, let's get Sixth Man of the Year out of the way. Tyler Hero. I mean, that's... Yeah, I see. That's an uh, easy one. All right. So, all right, let's talk about Rookie <laughs> of the Year. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Uh, who's your Rookie of the Year, Cooper? I'm going to stick with the guy that I wanted to stay with all year, um, Santi Aldama. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I couldn't miss that opportunity to hit that oh one. My God, um, yeah. No, uh, that was Yeah, you weren't expecting that one. I knew you weren't. Um, <laughs> yeah, last Friday's win really sealed that one. For, For real, those of you who don't deal. know who, who Santi Aldama is, he's an end of the bench player for the Grizzlies. He usually plays for a G League team, but like when he have an injury or something, he gets called up. It's <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Anyways, yeah. continue. I should. Uh, no, nah, I'm gonna stick with my man Evan Mobley. Um, I like I love Cade and I and I love Evan and both of the ways they kind of handle this award. They're both just like okay. <laughs> it's a trophy yeah. they're like it don't it doesn't mean anything because you know there's been those times where there's been a rookie of the year that they win the award and then like you never hear from them again um michael and carter williams that was just you literally took the name out of my mouth i was about <laughs> to i was about to reference the draft that had anthony bennett michael carter williams all these boys yeah. Nerlens noel um oh, that's, that's a where example yeah um so like i love the way that their mentality towards it they're both just like look it's a it is what it is, but I think the race is uh, going to be between uh, Cade, Evan, and I think Scotty Barnes. Uh, Scotty Barnes has had a really impressive rookie year, mm. uh, but I, I'm just going to stick with my boy Evan. Um, I'm not even using stats or anything behind that. That's mostly just who I want to win because I love Evan Mobley, mm. um, and I. You got to admit that the uh, Cavs are wildly exceeding expectations right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if they take it, that into stock, um, Evan Mobley had a lot to do with that. So, and Darius Garland like progressing the way he did, but like uh, Evan Mobley is definitely going to be a really solid player. But I think a lot of the guys in this draft are going to be some really solid NBA players for a lot of years. For sure, that and honestly, dude, I got to give you your props. You loved Mobley ever since the draft, and you 100% hit on him because. I, I was kind of – I wasn't huge on him. I didn't watch him that much, but I didn't think he'd be what he is. And that's – I mean, he's about to win Rookie of the Year. But I could go either way on this award because Cade has come with vengeance the second half of the season. Kind of reminds me of the Luka-Trey year where Luka was the leader all year and then Trey just had a hellacious second half of the season. But it wasn't enough then. I don't think it'll be enough now. I think Mobley – wins it for the reasons you said he's a big part of the Cavs success and he's also an incredible defender and his stats he averages 15 8 and 2 but that doesn't show what how switchable he is how versatile he is on the defensive end of the floor so I think he wins it but I gotta give Cade some love he's averaging 17 5 and 5 
he is a future superstar in this league, and I don't think anybody can debate that. He's an absolute bucket, and he's given Detroit some type of pulse, which I didn't think was possible. So, got to show you love to Kate as well. No, you you hit it around the head too. The, the Detroit basketball definitely has something to be happy about. They've actually hit on one of their draft picks for once. Sadiq Bay, they've done a pretty good job the past two years, and Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, except for when he plays the Lakers and uh, um, now at Cade, I think they've done a really good job. And I also think they made a really solid pickup by getting Marvin Bagley because um, he's played really well when he's been playing, but now he's out with an injury. So it's kind of same old, same old, but um, i definitely think Detroit basketball is going to figure something out. And man, I think, I don't think they're, if I had to say they're probably like two years behind where the Cavs are, that's yeah. like just a guy give. I think they've got a little bit left to do, um, but they definitely have a nice core coming in place. I definitely think they're further ahead than say our Houston Rockets, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I was just thinking of us at that Pistons uh, Grizzlies oh, game. Yeah, Whatever. <laughs> messed yeah. up by so cooper Dad. yeah cooper and i we we have fun at the games we like to heckle a little bit and Cade, you know we let him hear it you know call him a rookie and whatnot and trey lyles yeah and trey lyles cooper's letting old trey hear about <laughs> it but that was like a week after isaiah stewart had whatever the hell tantrum that he had against lebron was so cooper and i heckled everyone except isaiah stewart because him and i kind of agreed we don't know if that motherfucker's gonna run up in the stand and try to fight us if we, yeah, if we, we heckle him. We were only ten rows up, but we weren't taking that risk. <laughs> oh god, no! He's a mammoth. Yeah, he's no. a mammoth. But uh, anyways, all right. So those are our picks for the awards. Uh, we're gonna take a turn in our final question, and it's gonna be: What is the most shocking thing that has happened this NBA season? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pre- start with this story. Um, I, I was just scrolling through Instagram. Uh, and I came up on Magic Johnson. I don't know which show he was on, but did you hear what he was saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he I'm was saying make, how I'm man. making a TikTok about that tomorrow. I abs- I've been saying that shit for months, just because I've that's what I've seen. I've seen, you know, reports of it. But for him to come out and say what he what you're about yeah. to say on national TV was huge. I'm gonna let you tell the rest of it. This is monumental. Yeah, so basically he was sitting there talking about how in the offseason the Lakers had a deal in place with to get DeMar DeRozan, um, which everyone's seen now what DeMar DeRozan's done this year. Um, he's going to be easily an All-NBA player. He was in the MVP race, definitely in me and Jack's eyes, for most of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Team success kind of tanked his stock a little bit because they've been kind of wavering. But uh, they had a deal in place, and then LeBron and... And this also, oh, I'm sorry, I'm backtracking, but this also would have saved them from having to get rid of Caruso, KCP, Kuz, and Kuzma. Like, it would have saved them from having to get rid of all of their good young depth. Um, and then LeBron and Westbrook got to talking, and then they nixed the deal and got Westbrook. Um, and it's just, honestly, I don't know if that's the craziest thing that's happened, because obviously we just found out about that, but I definitely... The, the Lakers debacle has been kind of shocking. Um, but uh, so I'm probably going to stick with that um, just because that's kind of a tough question. So like I'm kind of and then obviously like uh, 
I'll shout out the young teams with the Grizzlies and the Cavs. Nobody really anticipated definitely the Cavs uh, being playoff contenders um, right now. I think they have they solidified it yet or do we know? Um, you talking about the Cavs being playing? Yeah. Are they playing or playoff? I think they're playing. I, they just fell to Orlando, which is huge. Yeah, they're and, playing. Yeah. Um, I'm still way ahead of the where they were anticipated, um, but definitely the Grizzlies being the second best team in the league. Um, and maybe the most shocking thing as Grizzly fans this year was um, when we see Taya sitting, Ja sitting, Jaron sitting, Desmond sitting, Steven sitting, and... Our rotation is an eight-man rotation consisting of Dylan Brooks, Xavier Tillman, Kyle Anderson. Oh, Brandon Clark was also was Brandon. Brandon was playing my man. I almost mm-hmm. made him out. But uh, John Contra, Brandon, Santi Aldama, Jared Colbert, and Zaire Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we beat the best team in the league who had every single one of their players. That might be the, one of the most shocking things as a Grizzly fan this year. But I'm definitely going to go with the Lakers debacle because not only did it – kind of waste a really good LeBron year. Um, it also got a man fired because Frank, uh, Frank Vogel's about to get fired. Um, yep. And it just kind of, and just, it just made three really solid, like really, really, really good NBA players made them look kind of stupid and foolish all year because they just never figured it out. Um, so that's probably going to be like the biggest thing just based on like the, how big of a debacle it kind of was. Just to be clear, I 100% agree with you. Lakers going from title favorites at the beginning of the year to not even make the play-in is by far the most shocking thing that has happened this season. But I'm not going to take it that direction because I've talked about LA at nauseum on this podcast. I'm going to take it the good route. The route that you and I both want to talk about anyways Our Memphis Grizzlies are the two seed right now. That is ridiculous. Nobody, I mean, after we made the Valanciunas Steven Adams trade, we, we, I felt lucky to be at the nine seed and get in the playoffs again. That's how I felt going into this season. And not even us being the two seed, but what John Morant has done as elite this year has been astounding. I knew this kid was going to be a star, but this quickly. And this much of a jump is is just insane. I mean, he averaged 19 points per game last year. You and I had a sit down conversation before the season. And I said, "Look, I just I want this kid to get up to 25 points. I think that'll get him All Star bid." Um, I was nervous about that. I was biting my fingernails about it. You know, 25. I mean, that's a lot, and especially. I'm, but it's going to be necessary to be an All Star and and a small market. That's what's going to be necessary. He's averaging 27 and a half this year on seven assists with six rebounds. He's improved his three-point shooting from 30 to 34%. If he can even get that 34 up to 35% from three, that'd be huge. He's He improved his field goal percentage from 45 to 49%. He leads the league in paint points per game as a point guard. The amazing thing about this is his volume and scoring went up, but his efficiency also went up. And you usually don't ever see that. And that's just crazy to me. Yeah. And I'll also uh, say this for NBA fans, it's kind of sh- shocking when you go into the season uh, and you're expecting to see guys like Damian Lillard, Zion, mm. Ben Simmons, mm. a full season of Kyrie Irving. Uh, and obviously, you can't predict 
uh, injuries and stuff like that and trades and all this nonsense. But like, I definitely think it was kind of wild to see how many guys we didn't get to see play basketball this year too. Yep. Um, losing Dame as early as we did, um, seeing that duo break up, uh, Zion never playing. So you, you kind of are watching the Pelicans on ESPN like seven different times. Without seeing Zion once. Knicks falling off a cliff. Knicks, Julius Randle. I mean, there's lots of things. Clippers, uh, Paul George starting the year looking like old PG. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and obviously Kawhi didn't play this whole year. Um, And then Mm -hmm. he getting hurt. And so them, but then they're still playing teams and you never know. But like, there's a lot of things you can credit. But I I mean, you know, I fully agree with what you just said. Yeah. And go ahead. Our Grizzlies are insane. I mean, literally uh, jumped 16 spots. I don't know if you saw this on ESPN+. Plus. They posted an article saying uh, best future potential for a team, and it had the Memphis Grizzlies went from, I think, uh, 17 or 16 to number one uh, mm-hmm. by a long shot. Uh, because, I mean, if you look at our team, our average age is like 23, 24. Um, and half of them are under contract we have them under team control for like the next four years like desmond bain will get two more years with him getting like a one to two million dollar deal i don't know the exact numbers um john moran is obviously obviously going to get his supermax extension you have jaron on a deal that honestly 25 million dollars in this day and age is not not a lot i mean when you have guys making 46 million like john wall who doesn't even play this year um, I'll take 25 million for trip. I'll take yeah. 25 million in a heartbeat. Um, but I mean, it's 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 so much fun to be a Grizzlies fan, knowing that you have this for at least two more years. Exactly. And I'm gonna take it back to the point you had with Dame going out. So Portland wasn't there. The Clippers have somehow limped into the play-in, which is crazy. The Knicks have fell off. I'm gonna go with the other team in New York too, and you know show how shocking that was because the Lakers were favored from the West. Brooklyn was favored from the East waking up this morning. They were a 10 seed. They've had just a miracle fallout for them tonight where everybody in front of them has lost and they won. So they're now up to the eight seed, but they are still in the play-in and they're going to be in the play-in next week. Um, Is there a circumstance Cooper where you can see this Nets team not making it out of the play-in? I hate saying it, but I think they they beat uh, Cleveland. If it stays the same way it does now, I, I I see them beating Cleveland. They're not getting past Boston though. Um, so if they're the I, honestly, I think they've screwed themselves out of making a deep playoff run because of the fact that you are in the plan, which means you have to play Miami or Boston or Bucks or Philly first round. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they did beat the ever-living Jesus out of Philly um, when they saw him earlier this season. But uh, you're, just, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're going to have a harder route. Um, can I see them not making another play, play in? Yeah. Do I think it will happen? Probably not. I'll, I'll leave with that. That's a lame answer, but I'll leave with it. The way I looked at the standings this morning and now are catastrophic catastrophically different but honestly they're still tied with atlanta atlanta's nine now it this morning it was Cavs at seven hawks at eight 
Hornets at nine, Nets at 10. And the Nets being at 10, they're still only one game away from that 10 seed. But if they had to win two straight road games just to get into the playoffs, yes, maybe they can catch the Hornets in Charlotte. But I don't see them winning two two times in a row to get in the playoffs. I think I think the Hawks or the Hornets could beat them. I, I really do. And honestly, with the Cavs have been struggling lately, but if they have Jared Allen and Mobley, I mean the Nets have no answer for anybody big. And their defense is horrible and I'm, I'm telling you, man, I would not. Everyone's just assuming these guys are just going to walk into the playoffs. It's not guaranteed for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got bounced in the play-in. I would not be surprised at all. LaMelo goes off against them. They have Gordon Hayward back, the Hornets do. And then the Hawks, I mean, they've been in this position before. Trey's not going to be scared. They still got Capella. They still got Collins. They still got Bogey. I think Collins may be hurt. I'm not sure. I haven't watched the Hawks much. But still, I mean, they have – they have okay yeah all right good but i mean hawks and hornets are both capable of beating the nets in one-offs maybe not in series but in one-offs yes yeah no and i mean i agree i've not been impressed by the nets most of the year granted they haven't had their big three for most of the year Mm -hmm. um but they've been still pretty dang disappointing do you think any of this falls on steve nash absolutely not no, 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 I don't, I don't see it falling on him at all. Um, I don't think so either. Yeah, Steve Nash is. You got to give him credit for even coaching the bums that they kind of played for majority of the year. It's been a debacle um, ever since he yeah. started there. He really has. He's not been put in the greatest of situations by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. A lot, the lot of reports coming out of Philly right now, man. That. Uh, they don't a lot of players don't like doc rivers i saw that um because i when i was going through and seeing uh like frank vogel is probably gonna get fired and all this stuff i was like now i scrolled up on the doc rivers thing and i mean i think you and i talked about it when he got hired we were like well let's see if he can actually perform in the playoffs sort of a thing yeah uh which i mean when we say that like we're not like Yes, we're knocking him, but at the end of the day, we're knocking him because it's facts. Exactly. Um, He's blown more 3-1 leads than any coach ever. Yep, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, we say it jokingly, but, like, he he's you just said it. He's blown the most 3-1 leads than any, than any coach. Um, so, I think they'd be dumb to fire him. Um, but, I mean, if, if the guys don't like him, I mean, they'll hear that when they'll hear uh, how many regular season wins he gets. So Yeah, exactly. It'll be I, interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. I've kind of been always indifferent about Doc. I think he's a great regular season coach. I I think he guarantees getting into the playoffs at a good seed even. It's just uh, I don't I don't know. And if the players are out of him then out on him then I mean I, I guess you let him go. <laughs> Verno was saying that, you know, Daryl Morey, he's a former GM of the Rockets. That's why they traded for Harden is a big reason because Morey still loves him and loves that relationship they had in Houston. Verno was saying yeah. that he may go looking for Dan Tony again, which would be hilarious if they ran it back. Dan Tony, Morey, and Harden again. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be priceless. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. But yeah, that Lakers job because 
Lakers going to move on from Frank Vogel. They're discussing either with Quinn Snyder, if the Jazz fire him, or Doc Rivers, if the Sixers fire him, which I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers got bounced pretty early with the way they're playing right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, small game James had a uh, another fantastic game tonight, by the way. Let me, uh, what did he do? Read you his stats. So his counterpart, um, Joe Embiid, had 45 and 13. Just another day in the office for him. Um, the younger, better player, Tyrese Maxey, had 37 and 3. 30.7 assists and 3 rebounds. James Harden, the superstar, had 11 points on 4 of 10 shooting. And two of those points, or, and he only went to the free throw line once. So, nice. I don't know. And he played more minutes than everybody else and had 11 points. So, that was great. You just love to see it, don't you? Yeah, they struggled against the Pacers tonight, dude. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not at all. Anyways, that's a wrap on our final regular season episode of the year. Next time we talk, it will be playoff time, play-in time. So it's not going to be what-ifs anymore. We're going to be actually discussing what's happening. We're going to be in it. Yeah. What's before, happening before we close, I'll, I'll ask your I'll ask your take on it. I just thought of it. But uh, did you watch the uh, college, college championship? I watched the first half of it, and then I was up editing it like – Way too late Sunday night, so I fell asleep uh, last night, which was Monday. Way too early, and I woke up to Kansas having that huge comeback. That was crazy. Nice, yeah. See, I I, I turned it on right at, like the final seconds of the game. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, the Duke Carolina game was the game that I really tuned into. Yeah, me um, too. I watched because it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but nah, it was it it was a good game. Shout out Kansas uh, for. I mean, their dominant season. You can't even deny what they did. Yeah. It was straight dominance. They were the um, only team this year I really tuned in to watch in the regular season. Just because. Really? Al- yeah. Allen Fieldhouse, whenever they played at home, that arena they have is insane, and the atmosphere there is incredible. So I just, every time they're like playing at home, I'd, if they were on, I'd, you know, watch 15, 20 minutes of it. Fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, like you said, we're going to hit up playoffs next week, play ins. Um, and then uh, here in what two months we'll be crowning the champions. So yep. the fun be- the fun begins. Yes, uh, sir, it does. Next we're week gonna, mm-hmm, we're gonna be here every step of the way of that too. Even in the off season. So after we crown a champ, we're gonna be talking the playoffs all throughout the playoffs, covering that. And after that, we're gonna dive into the draft, dive into off season moves. You name it, we're not we're here to stay for sure. Yes, sir. All right. Great. Have a great rest of your night, Coop. Yes, sir. You too.